0: what's cracking big dogs welcome bike to the channel welcome bike to the headquarters welcome bike to the final segment of the top 12 fantasy football running back rankings we did one through six last thursday we're going seven through 12 right the fuck now this is where it's going to get interesting all right we know most of the top dogs but this year since we had so many powerhouse rookie running backs come in Some of them exploded. Some of them still have the upside and the talent that we were hoping they touched on in the rookie season. Some of them did. They flirted with it, put the hand up the skirt, but they didn't touch, okay? So we're here to see these boys are getting laid this year. That's where rankings 7 through 12 come in, okay? A lot of exciting players. A lot of exciting players. We had 1 through 6 was in the description down below. Go watch that fucking video. Go get my watch time up, baby. Also, like... If my videos come out orange, if they ever come out like more orange than like a normal white background, it's because that means I'm filming at nighttime. I typically try to film everything during the day, during the morning. That's when I'm most focused. That's when I'm most creative. That's when I have the most energy to fucking yell at you guys. So i don't like filming at night however this week has been arguably the busiest week of my entire life things have just gotten out of control i don't really know what's going on with my life i don't know what's going on with bdg anymore we have a new youtube channel popping up left and right i have 17 calls i need to be on at all times so this needed to be pushed back until i mean you guys are probably watching this about eight hours after i finish it things have been hectic and the reason i bring that up is because if it's orange in here it's because of the lighting in my apartment is fucking terrible and it's like all the light bulbs are orange in here and if i film in the morning i get a lot of natural light from the window over there so it looks a lot better looks more natural looks a little more white looks a little more bright and i'm better off yelling at you guys then so when you see orange when i look like a tomato when i look like a pumpkin that's why because the lighting in here stinks these running backs however do not stink y'all ready let's tuck your shirt in Stop yelling. Let's eat. Yo, speaking of let's eat, this is not a, a paid plug whatsoever. But these fucking popcorn like protein chips. Most protein chips are disgusting. Like, you know, Quest Bars. If you guys ever had Quest Bars. I really like that brand. I really like their new. Their protein bars that they make, pretty fucking good, right? High fiber, high protein, not too high in calories. Their chips, they're okay. They're expensive as fuck, though. Like, I'm not about to pay $3.42 for fucking 12 grams of protein and 16 shitty chips. Popcorners, though. The popcorn or snacks by themselves are fantastic, just as regular chips. They made protein chips that are 100 calories a bag Actually, the other ones are 90 calories a bag They got barbecue and they got the buffalo ones. Buffalo ones are good as shit. If you're not good with spicy food, I'm so bad with spicy food. I start eating the buffalo ones. All of a sudden I start crying. My pores start opening up and I'm like sweating and shit looking like I just ran a marathon. All I did was literally eat one buffalo chip. It's out of control. These are fantastic. 100 calories, 4 grams of fiber, 10 grams of protein. So I apologize if I'm eating these throughout the show. But I've been so busy. Like I've literally been eating, I've been living off protein chips. Not a lifestyle I recommend. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're about five <coughs> Okay. We're about five minutes into the podcast and I haven't talked about anything yet. Except for chips and choking. Sounds like a sexual fantasy of mine. I'm ready to talk about running backs. I'm ready to talk about rankings. I'm ready to talk about Nick Chubb and the Chubb he gives me. He is coming in as my running back seven on the year. I think he's well warranted of the spot you might argue his upside because he's not a pass catcher but over the second half of the year he was amazing right the the argument coming into the year was we were worried about cream hunt cream hunts a fantastic running back in his own in his own right chubb at this point is basically discount derrick henry and i wouldn't even say derrick henry is a better pure runner than than nick chubb is at this point they're both in offenses that want to use them immediately they're run first offenses the only problem, and especially the one that was coming into last year, which is why we faded Chubb until, you know, early second round, which is why he's not a first-round pick or wasn't a first-round pick and will be this probably upcoming year, is that he was playing the backfield cream hunt. Tell you what, my apartment building has been adding control. People are using jackhammers left and right. I'm pretty sure someone was jackhammering my bedroom door last night. I didn't even sleep last night, which is why I'm going fucking crazy right now. I'm probably fucking bags under my eyes and shit and sleep last night and someone's doing construction on my bedroom door i'm like my door is fine i opened the door and there's no one there It just seemed like there was but there wasn't there was there was okay kareem hunt we were worried about him but what the improvement to the offensive line and Kevin the coming in and, and turning this into a run first play action first offense made nick chubb just an absolutely orgasmic running back you look at the efficiency numbers man True yards per carry, number three, yards per touch, number four. That yards per touch number is especially impressive when you think about his lack of involvement in the passing game. So usually those yards per touch numbers are vaulted to, or, or you know, are reserved for guys like Austin Eckler, because typically a reception or a target, a reception because yards per touch, you know, it's it's receptions plus carries, a, a touch will have people who have reception numbers higher floating that number a little bit right so if you catch a ball you're much more likely to go for five plus yards than if you carry the ball right only the best running backs in the league go for five yards per carry you have to be a pretty shitty fucking running back to average less than five yards per reception so the fact that nick chubb can catch 16 passes only can, there's probably 72 other running backs that caught more than 16 passes last year and he can still be number four in yards per touch to tell you how good he was overall breakaway runs number two breakaway run rate number three evaded tackles number six juke rate which is basically his elusiveness efficiency number one it's all in 12 games 1200 yards 12 touchdowns 12 games 12 12 12 fucking line him up knock him down nick chubb mr 12 so chubb finishes a running back nine despite playing only 12 games running back five in fantasy points per game okay don't let that go overlooked number five running back five in fantasy points per game this offensive line had the single highest run blocking line per pff last year because because they added jack conklin and they drafted Jedrick Wills. That's what happens. When you invest into the offensive line, it gets better. We talked about it all offseason. Offensive lines don't just magically get better. You add additions to the line. That's how the Rams got better a couple years back, how they went from worst to first. That's how the Browns did it. You invest into free agency. You invest into the draft at high capital that changes things so this year when someone has a big free agent signing on the offensive line and then they draft someone in the first round guess what we're going to be looking at them as the next cleveland brown the browns ran play action on more than 30 percent of their passes last year which is seventh highest in the nfl baker's completion percentage okay his completion percentage jumped up six percent on play action passes his yards per attempt jumped up a full three yards which was second high the second highest jump in the entire nfl the whole offense moved extremely extremely smoothly under Kevin Stefanski with the upgraded play action with the upgraded offensive line the whole Nick Chubb stinks on the goal line too is something that you can throw out now he scored five rushing touchdowns on 11 attempts inside the five yard line okay that's the same number of rushing touchdowns that Zeke had on 22 attempts that Josh Jacobs had on 18 attempts that Todd the god girly had on 14 attempts so it's very much like Derrick Henry Jonathan Taylor We don't know what we're going to get in the passing game, but do we really give a fuck? No, we don't, because they're big, they're strong, they're fast, they're going to make house calls from 70 yards out, they're going to be the goal line back, they're in offenses that move the ball well, and they're in offenses that will give them plenty of goal line opportunities. There's nothing else here for for us to discuss. Nick Chubb, easy back-end first-round pick. Wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if Nick Chubb leads the NFL in rushing yards in 2021. After Nick Chubb, we've got Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has been forgotten about. It's almost as if Ezekiel Elliott is ready to retire. Ezekiel Elliott is 25 years old. He's 25 years old. He just signed the massive contract to be the workhorse for the Dallas Cowboys, okay? Fantasy Twitter would have you you thinking very, very otherwise. He's their workhorse for the next two to three years. The only thing that matters with Zeke is whether or not Dak is on the field. When you look at his numbers with Dak on the field, on the left, with Dak on the field, the first five games of the 2020 season, over 20 half PPR fantasy points per game, easily top five fantasy numbers. And yes, Pollard looked fantastic when Zeke was hurt. But when he returned, guess what happened? Zeke was right bike to being thy workhorse. The bigger concern here is not Tony Pollard. OK, the bigger concern here is not Zeke being washed. The bigger concern here is the offensive line for Dallas. OK, Zeke averaged four yards per carry last year, which was a career low for him. The Cowboys, however, ranked 29th, 29th in run blocking per PFF. That's by far and away the lowest grade that they've had since Zeke has entered the NFL. Right. They've primarily been the top five, top ten at worst run blocking line in the NFL since Zeke has entered. His run blocking efficiency per player profiler, 51st in the NFL among the running back position. So if their offensive line was still upper echelon, Zeke would probably still be in my top five fantasy running backs for this year. He's going to be a volume-based, low-end, mid-to-low-end RB1, in my opinion, in 2021, as long as Dak is back under center, which I do expect him to be for the beginning of the year. He has a great chance to finish with 1,500 total yards from scrimmage, double-digit touchdowns again, which is exactly what you're looking for in a running back one if you have a late first round pick, or if you get him in the early second round, which I think will probably be the majority of of players this year. Don't forget he averaged 6.6 targets per game when Dak was healthy, man. He was really, really involved in this passing game, and that was something that we'd been waiting for Zeke to to get. And he got, not last year, but the year before that for the first time, and he was fantastic in fantasy. So I expect more of those numbers, a little bit less efficiency in the run game. But again, goal line guy, 20 carries, targets when Dak is on the field. Don't think too hard about it. Don't think too hard about Cam Acres. Also, don't think too hard about taking care of yourself, fellas. Fellas and the 2% of women out there that watch this channel, fortunately. I love y'all. Got nothing but love for the diverse demographic that we bring here. But on the real, on the real, I started taking care of my face and my skin. And you might not be able to see it because it's fucking orange and I don't sleep well. So I probably don't even look good at all right now. But I started using this company, Geology, like a year ago. And they're basically for dudes... Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, customizable skincare for dudes who have no fucking idea how to take care of them themselves and their, and their face and their skin. So basically, like you go onto their website on geology.com and I'll link it down below. If you go through the link down below, it'd be fantastic because, you know, that supports the show and it lets them know that we brought you there. Basically, you fill out this quick little survey, tells you what kind of skin you got going on. Are you pasty like me? You got a nice flourished tan like some of my darker friends? Or do you you got wrinkles you got pimples you got acne do you get red faced when you go out into the cold and so like a very very quick like two minute quiz and they line you up with a perfect 30 day sample size that you can use and it's a very discounted price and when you use the promo code big dog 30 big dog 30 b-i-g-d-o-g 30 you're gonna get 30 percent off that first month trial okay so this is a year we're taking care of ourselves fellas. 2021 we're washing oh so easy they send you like three bottles of shit you wash your face in the morning you wash your face before you go to sleep and you would be shocked by how much better and how much more energized you're gonna look within 30 days of taking care of your skin your girlfriend your wife your dog even your dog is gonna start loving you again your dog will lick your face again i know a lot of you guys have been yearning for your dog to lick it again you've been putting peanut butter on your face just to get that sense of attraction jolly's gonna make sure it's bike all right Take care of yourself. Easy, customizable skincare for men who have no idea what they're doing when it comes to skincare. Geology, link down below. Big dog30 promo code. Love y'all. Glasses, bike on, because I can't see shit. Just kidding. I could see perfectly. These are not prescription. These are blue light. What is easy to see is Cam Akers at number nine. The earliest pick for the Rams in 2020 in their actual NFL draft. He was their second round pick, but they didn't have a first round pick as they aren't going to have a first round pick for the next like 35 years. Cam Akers proved towards the end of the year why he was their first round pick, why he was so valuable down the home stretch for this Los Angeles team. Now, I know people know how involved Akers was when the weather got cold, okay? At least in every other part of the country besides LA where he actually played. But let me remind you, let me remind you, one, what kind of prospect he is. 5'10", 217, he's got the workhorse size, okay? He's still very young, 21 years old. 4-4-7, 447, which puts him in the 89th percentile for Wade Justice speed score. College target share in the 78th percentile. He can catch balls. 40% college dominator rating. Remember, he went to Florida State where he played with a terrible offensive line, which is nothing new to him when he came over to the Rams. Starting in week 13, here are Akers' total touches through the rest of the year. Starting in week 13 through the rest of the year, including the two playoff games they, they played in. 22-31-16-25-30-19. Simple arithmetic is going to tell you that that's 24 touches a game, which is high-end RB1 workhorse type numbers. Darrell Henderson, Malcolm Brown, both became afterthoughts. And this was very much like most of the other rookie running backs that we were so high on coming into the year. It took a while for them to get adjusted. It took a while for them to take over the main role in their backfield. Cam Akers dealt with injuries throughout the middle of the year, the early part of the year, which ruined the momentum he had to take over as you know the feature backfield guy in los angeles but once he got healthy once he got a little bit momentum as you see they wanted to give it all to him man they used a workhorse despite in the preseason i'm talking about wanting to use a committee did not happen down the stretch and you just saw how much better they were playing you saw how good cam makers was down the stretch and now you look at what's going on in the offseason malcolm brown is a free agent he gone darrell henderson he's gonna be nothing more than a breather back man they showed down the stretch exactly what cam makers is to this offense and it's pretty much everything The bigger picture here is they just traded for Matt fucking Stafford. So this offense is going to be running. It's going to be producing like me when I'm off the fucking popcorn chips. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call, quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, it just means more scoring opportunities for everyone on the offense. Akers has legitimate top three fantasy running back range of outcomes in his repertoire. 2021 Next up on the list, another sophomore running back, J.K. Dobbins, number 10. Now, this was tough to go back and forth between Dobbins, Swift, Akers. Who is the next sophomore running back off the board behind Jonathan Taylor? Obviously, I settled on Cam Akers. J.K. Dobbins right behind him. All these guys are pretty much going to be in the same tier for me. J.K. Dobbins finished last year. That was a nice little break, right? J.K. Dobbins finished. Imagine, I feel like if I had a high ass voice, no one would listen to me can you have like annoying ass screechy you know also i was think about i fucking wish i just did podcasting man Podcasting's so easy it's so fucking easy like you don't have to worry about lighting you don't have to worry about looking orange you don't have to worry about looking good i wouldn't even be able to advertise geology to you because i could be like listen i look like a piece of shit i don't need to do skincare pocket man people who got into the game in podcasting and and got in early like i got in early with youtube fantasy football shout out to them man life is fucking easy if you're just straight up a podcast all you got to do is sit on your couch show up talk a little bit whisper sweet nothing's into your ear and then you're done just hit the fucking button don't need all these other you don't need a camera you don't need the lights you don't need to look pretty you don't need to buy clothes because you're insecure and shit man life is good life is good jk dobbins what we doing baby finished last year as a running back 22 in 15 games 134 carries 805 yards nine rushing touchdowns six yards per carry that's pretty good we don't see a lot of people flirt with the six yards per carry at the running back position yards per carry doesn't really fucking matter but i mean six yards per carry is six yards per carry 24 targets 18 receptions 120 receiving yards zero receiving touchdowns so that side of the equation not really holding up its weight if it's a seesaw you got a fat kid on the rushing side You got Animal on one side, you got Snacks on the other side. Snacks is like the receiving work that J.K. Dobbins received last year. He was phenomenal from an efficiency point of view, though. Breakaway run rate first, which is his percentage of runs that went for over 15 yards. Juke rate, which is just his elusiveness rating, his his percentage of broken tackles. Team run plays per game first on the Ravens, obviously. Yards per touch, number three. Again, impressive because... Of the fact that he didn't catch a lot of balls. He's elusive. He's explosive. He's efficient in every sense. Number one overall in yards per carry. Number three in yards created per touch. Did this all while playing on 45.7% of the Ravens' snaps this year. And again, again, the same theme with all these sophomore running backs. It's they didn't break out early on in the year. We wanted them to. We were picking them in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. And we were not able to use them until week nine, 10, 11, 12. But when you did get them into your lineup, God Damn, did they show a nice preview of what is to come. I mean, the first half of the year, the first half of the year, Dobbins averaged literally six fucking touches per game, including a two-carry game, a one-carry game, and another one-carry game. Like, I respect the Ravens coaching staff, but what the fuck are you doing? They hit their bye week, and then it becomes a split backfield led by J.K. Dobbins. So you look at the splits, right, from weeks one to seven, on the left side and then everything afterwards his fantasy points basically doubled his rushing work went sky high so you see the rushing attempts almost three times as many the rushing touchdowns more than double rushing yards almost three times as many the receiving work dipped man and this is this is like really really the one concern you have is is the receiving work we're gonna get into that in a second but when you look at the the backfield landscape for the ravens next year Mark Ingram, he's gone already. Gus Edwards is a restricted free agent. I would be surprised if they don't resign him. He's just too good as a role player on that offense. What you love to see, what you love to see is the amount of work that J.K. Dobbins got on the goal line down there. It reminds me a lot of Aaron Jones for the Packers where like you look at the guy and you're like, ah, he's undersized. You probably won't get a lot of work down there on the goal line, but wildly efficient when you do give him the work. Dobbins saw eight carries inside the five yard line last year, eight. He converted seven of them into tugs. So seven of eight carries inside the five yard lines, he turned into touchdowns. Gus Edwards, on the other hand, had nine carries inside the five yard line, only converted two of them. And what's insane, what's a ridiculous stat is uh, Lamar Jackson had just one single carry inside the five yard line. And that is per profootballreference.com. The efficiency isn't going anywhere. And that's what you get behind... Lamar Jackson that's what you get behind this offensive line right when you're running behind Lamar Jackson you're going to see massive holes you're going to see linebackers scattered everywhere because they have to cover so many different holes they don't know if it's going to the quarterback they don't know if it's going to the running back so you're typically going to get a couple extra yards on every single run play and this goes back as soon as Lamar Jackson got under center right in Lamar Jackson starts in 2018 Gus Edwards averaged 5.3 yards per carry even Ty Montgomery and Kenneth Dixon were over five yards per carry 2019 Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards both over five yards per carry 2020 jk dobbins six yards per carry gus edwards five yards per carry again so you follow this trend everybody's over five yards per carry last year dobbins over six yards per carry if the math adds up dobbins probably going to average like 22 yards per carry next year and that shit is going to be fire so again i do think gus i i do think the reason i put i, I put dobbins behind cam Akers is because Akers has true workhorse three down upside whereas dobbins Gus Edwards, I I think, is probably still going to be there. And I think he's going to command somewhere from like 125 to 150 carries next year. Lamar, like we hear all, all about, you know, Baltimore's the, the most run heavy offense in the NFL. So you want the running backs. But Obviously, a lot of it has to do with fucking Lamar Jackson taking 10 to 15 carries a game. He's still there. He's going to command anywhere from 150 to 180 carries next year. So right off the rip, you're probably looking at, you know, 250 to 350 carries being taken out of the backfield that are not J.K. Dobbins's. And again, the bigger concern is Lamar Jackson just does not pass to the running backs. And you think Dobbins being as good as he is in the passing game would command more targets. But Lamar Jackson still hovers like far below the NFL average in terms of like percentage of his throws that go to the running back. Here's another crazy stat I picked up for y'all. Dobbins Ingram Gus Edwards and Justice Hill so their are four running backs last year combined to see a total of actually before I even do that before I even tell you the answer to that I want you to go to the comment section and guess what you think their target totals were okay Mark Ingram Gus Edwards JK Dobbins Justice Hill those four Ravens running backs how many targets do you think they had combined in the entire year of 2020 okay scroll down and comment that below I would do a giveaway, but I don't trust you motherfuckers because I know you're going to Google it, Wikipedia, and look it up and get the right fucking answer, and then I'm going to have to give everybody t-shirts and shit. But drop that down below. And while you're down there, hit the thumbs up button if you've been enjoying the video thus far. They combined for 41 targets. Those four running backs combined for 41 targets. There were 27 running backs in the NFL last year that had that many or more by themselves. You're talking about four running backs that completed, that that took hold of the entire backfield, 41 That's the problem. So what we may very well see out of Dobbins, this is why I have him ranked so highly, is a much more efficient version of Mark Ingram's 2019 campaign. Mark Ingram only had 15 touches a game in 2019. 15 touches a game, he caught 26 passes, but he finished as like the RB6 or RB7 because he was so efficient on those touches and he scored 15 times. And I don't think that's out of the range of outcomes for a guy like J.K. Dobbins, who is way more explosive, He's going to have far more breakaway plays. He's better in the passing game, and he's just as good on the goal line. So Dobbins will be perfectly fine as an RB1, in my opinion, in fantasy, in 2020. Lock it up. Number 11, Mr. Aaron Jones. At this point, this is just out of like pure respect, right? Two years ago, we loved him. He won us a lot of leagues. Last year, I faded him because I thought there was going to be some type of backfield split there. I thought the receiving numbers were going to come down, and to to an extent, both of those were true, but he was still very good in fantasy. So we're one for one. We're just going to put him at number 11 out of pure respect because he's been a top five fantasy back in bike to bike years, and he just deserves a little bit of love here. He's a free agency, obviously, so there's two sides of this coin, and we will recap free agency once all the guys land in their spots. If he stays in Green Bay, I love that because he still gets to run behind the Green Bay offensive line. He's still a favorite target of Aaron Rodgers, and he's playing in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense, which means that they're going to score upwards of 60, 70 touchdowns on the year that he can get a nice piece of the pie from there. If he, leaves, if he leaves, he's supposedly going to command somewhere between 14 and $15 million, which is like top paid running back, which means wherever he goes, he's likely not splitting the workload like he has been in Green Bay, where he's getting you know 60% of the touches, and there are games that are the Jamal Williams games, and there are games that are the A.J. Dillon games. So wherever he goes, the team is probably going to be worse. The situation might be worse, but he might get more workload. I mean, if he signs with San Fran, or if he signs with Miami, we're going to like that a lot. But- There are a lot of places he could sign that are worse for him than Green Bay. So again, a lot of things are going to change there. Last up, number 12, RB12. This is a spot where you could, there's a lot of guys that you could put here, but we're going to swing for the fences. We're going to swing for upside. We're going to stick with the theme of today's video. My last RB1 going into the 2021 fantasy football season, season long, DeAndre Swift, man. DeAndre Swift, it's as simple as this, man. In weeks with ten plus touches, DeAndre Swift ranked as the RB four in total PPR points. Let's also talk about like PFF's Twitter style, like that yelling emoji feed. DeAndre Swift, like, did you fucking hire a thirteen-year-old kid to write your tweets? There, every single tweet that they put out is just so cringeworthy. It's it's really, really, it's really sad, man. It's really sad. It be your own motherfuckers sometimes, man. It Really do. Anyways, DeAndre Swift, uh, pretty pretty underwhelming in most categories especially like the volume categories when you look at his raw stats 114 carries 521 yards eight rushing touchdowns which is great 4.6 yards per carry 57 targets 46 receptions 357 receiving yards two touchdowns so he does finish with nearly 900 total yards from scrimmage and 10 total touchdowns 46 receptions so you love to see that very involved in the passing game but it seemed like he never he didn't make a lot of big plays in in the receiving game like you'd like to see a lot more chunk plays I feel like a lot of them were were just like dump offs and they weren't designed plays for him so I'd like to see a little bit more going on with DeAndre Swift in that sense but we've got a lot of updates to the Lions offense okay so we have Jared Goff coming in we're not sure what's gonna happen with Kenny Galladay he is likely to be franchise tag but we got Mr. fucking you know I'm eating chips over here Dan Campbell their new head coach is eating kneecaps but listen we're gonna need fucking kneecaps He's saying he's going to play DeAndre Swift more in the slot. I'm all for that. Eat your fucking kneecaps for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Put a kneecap on a Pop-Tart. Light it up. Put DeAndre Swift in the slot. We're good to go. Use this man as a receiver, man. He is he is so, 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 so good. The problem comes, do we see a split backfield? We also have Anthony Lynn coming in as the offense coordinator. I believe we have Deuce Staley coming in as a running backs coach. And Deuce Staley was a guy who hyped up Miles Sanders last year. He wants to use him as a workhorse. Some moving parts here. Adrian Peterson, I'm pretty sure it's like bankrupt as a motherfucker. That's the only reason he's still playing. He says he wants to play until he's like 45. Not as good as Tom Brady. I really, really think he's just broke as a motherfucking joke. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see if they sign a different free agent. But as of right now, all signs point upwards for DeAndre Swift. I love this kid. He's my second favorite back coming out of the class last year from a pure talent standpoint. I think his upside is fucking tremendous. I think the Lions offensive line is underrated. I think he can be used to a very, very high degree, be a three a 3 down workhorse, which is what all the co- the coaches that are coming into Detroit now are saying. I'm excited for D-Swift. He rounds out my top 12 fantasy running backs for 2021. If you missed the first six, that was on last week's. Again, I will link that down below. If you'd like to stay healthy, honestly, I don't even know if these are healthy at all, other than just the straight up mac- macronutrients. But there's like 72 ingredients on here, which probably means they're from like one of you fucking like knee, knee, ingredients. Like if you if you don't know what they say, then they're not fuck fuck y'all. Just eat a fucking pop chip, bitch. And wash your face. Geology, code Big Dog30. Big Dog30 will get you 30% off your first month. I promise you, you're gonna look clean, you're gonna look mean, you're gonna look beautiful, you're gonna look energized. And we're all gonna go into twenty twenty one as beautiful people. DeAndre Swift is beautiful, you're beautiful, I'm beautiful. Hit the thumbs up button if you thought this video was beautiful. And we'll see y'all tomorrow on fade. The public. It was a good episode. Good episode. See you tomorrow morning, baby. Love y'all. This is the story of the one.